Word up, next gen footballers! Welcome to the first edition of the audio newsletter. Strap yourselves in for a wild ride. We're going to be going over today the current uh, records, seeing who has broken them most recently or how long they've been active. And see, and target one, target one. Pick one and go, that's the one that I'm going to beat this year. Do that for yourself. Don't do that for me because I'm doing it against you. Right? So part of it, we're going to do over the records. We're going to look at the draft and do a little bit of analysis. And what I think I'm going to do is on Saturdays, kind of already have a baseline impression of how the week's going based on the Thursday night games. And from there, make our predictions as to who will pull away with the W for that week. As a reintroduction, it's your boy Danny, aka this season the San Juan Sentinel. Reason being, that is my current YouTube Madden franchise series. I highly encourage you to check that out. If you are new to the newsletter, you'll see it both in written form and and I'm going to be totally honest with you guys, I did make a pre-draft primer with 40 slides. I did the slideshow. I did the Madden playing out in the background with the highest performing teams from last season. And it got like four views. So a lot of work. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try this podcast feature on YouTube and here we are and we're going to see how that goes reach out to me on the discord platform direct message league chat 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 I don't know there's multiple ways you have no excuse alright so yeah that's the agenda we're going to go over current records current standings and then there was a question about pre-draft rankings and how a quarterback was drafted so late and we'll dive into that a little bit but let's start with the team points this is last season total amount of points and we had the highest score was Kevin and you're gonna see his name come up a lot Kevin Dreamweaver if you looked if you listened and were able to hear it the PowerPoint slideshow that I created for the pre-draft primer, anytime that Dreamweaver came up multiple times, you would actually hear Dreamweaver. And if I still have that sound effect, put that in right here in post. Thank you. Uh, If not, awkward silence. Next up. So yeah, uh, Kevin, week five, 233.47 points. 200-point games are actually pretty common only because we reward highlights. So when a player goes off, that coach goes off, and that's how it should be. That should be the the reflection of real-life football and fantasy football. How close did it come to the record, though? 252 points by Richland Raiders in the second season of this league, 2014. 252 points, and that was before the boom and boon of defenses, uh, kicker distances, uh, the bonus highlights for 40-plus bomb runs, passes, and catches. So before all that, there was some craziness, and fantastic as that was, it's surprising that we haven't strung together a group of players who outperformed that in the past, oh, I don't know, going on 10 years. Now, that was uh, for the single week. Now, who scored the most points last year? That would have to be BDM for life. For life. Uh, some sound clip there, if you don't mind, myself later. Uh, that's an average of 131.99 points per week. For a total of 2,375.9. Gotta add that point nine, like the nine-tenths of a, of a cent at the end of every gallon of gasoline kind of thing. 2,375. Only 
24 points from the current season record point total holder person of Kuijibo. Kuijibo in, oh, I don't know, two years before that in 2021, scored 2399. So basically the first person to get 2400 points in a season is going to surpass Kuijibo. We have an extra game, so we kind of have no excuse. When it comes to touchdowns, the current record holder from 2013 in a single week with 13 is Tyler Sawyer, a.k.a. T-Bone. Now, how close did we get to that last year? Well, two in two different weeks, two people had 11 touchdowns, and that was the max. And that was, again, Kevin. You're going to hear that name often. And I see dead people who is no longer here in the league. Quijibo. Uh, last year had the most touchdowns on the season with 92 an average of 5.11 per week however those 92 touchdowns came pretty short of nx lads spectacular season of 108 touchdowns wow moving on to passing yards last year's week single week leader with 481 passing yards was annex lad in week seven uh, annex again the current touchdown record holder on the season for the entire season this, this is just crazy the correlation so okay so the current record for passing yards in a single week is 525 yards by stimulator only as recent as 2021 but last season puckhead had 5,251 passing yards, about 291 passing yards per game. So it's just 525 for a, a week is the current record, and 5,251 was all of last season, and it's just super easy math there. Uh, but was that enough to break the record? Well, I already said that was last year's uh, last year's total at 291 yards per week. 5,251, slightly short. In 2018, CFL Johnny, who's no longer in the league, got 5,517. Not that far off from 5,251. And this next part here is short. The rushing champ for the week and for the season last year were both record-setting years. Dreamweaver, a.k.a. Kevin, had 498 rushing yards in week five. Had he kept that pace, he would have obviously dominated. The, and he's a perennial rushing champion. But on the season, with 4,482 rushing yards, about 250 per game, was once again BDM for life. That's going to be a very interesting chase between the two of them to see who gets the rushing crown, which is... If you saw the video, it was record-breaking after record-breaking after record-setting after record-setting. Kevin across the board, and then BDM for Life comes in, absolutely dominates last year on the season. In the receiving yards category, though, uh, for the single week, we have 481, which, believe it or not, there was more rushing yards. There was a higher rushing yard total on a week. Uh, Kevin set with 498. Then there were receiving yards with 481. Swept, set by Quijibo in week 16. Right there at the tail end of the season. Was it enough to break the receiving yard single week record? Nah, bro. 592 yards by ya boy. Back in week 13 of 2014. 592 yards. Y'all need to catch up. But here we do see BDM's life, uh, BDM for life's name once again, the rushing season champ from last year, also had the most receiving yards of all of us for the season with 4,878. Again, about 271 yards per game. Still 2,000 yards short of Puckhead from 2019's 6,213 yards. Yikes. But man, BDM with the most rushing and most receiving yards on the season, the next chapter in this uh, podcast is going to be where they stand uh, and where they finished. But the last thing before we move into that chapter is going to be the defensive points because in this league, we already know defense matters. 
Uh, in some leagues, it's like all they care about is who can catch the most amount of balls. And it's like, man, a catch, I get, I get that catches are more valuable in the grand scheme of things. But in and of themselves, a catch is a catch. A rush is a rush. And that's why we don't play PPR. Because the catch itself does not add to the real-life NFL game. But you know what does? Good defense. Not getting yards and not getting conversions and not uh, completing a fourth down. You know, those kind of things are what want, what leave teams wanting. So for here, defense matters. And you see that in the bonuses. Sacks, tackles for loss, uh, holding teams to a certain amount of points certain amount of yardage those should matter because they do right in real life they do so bdm for life the rushing season champ holder and the receiving season champ holder also had the most amount of points from a defense of anyone in a single week last year with 60.69 in week 11 nice now how close was that to the best defensive showing of all time just ask puckhead in 2019 with his 81.48 points from his defense if you want details on those games go check that video on youtube i break down a lot of really interesting facts figures and names i bet you won't even remember the face of the people who played in that game if i believe correctly it was luke falk Luke Falk with the Jets who threw a pick six to open the game and that just led the way for a horrific outing. Now on the season though, Stimulator had 526.39 points from defense all season. That's about 30.35 points per game, which that sometimes is a decent quarterback. Imagine having a second quarterback basically where in some leagues defense doesn't matter at all like oh there's an additional eight points like, no defenses matter man if your defense is getting you more points than your kicker something's wrong and stimulator was like let me do this right so yeah 546 points all season but it didn't take the record away from the season record champ for defense which was 586 points but that's okay, that belt is still in Stimulator's locker from 2019. So him being the best, he is still the best. And to be the best, you have to beat the best. And, you know, Bret, Bret Hart said it better than I ever could. So, yeah, defensive champion Stimulator on the season. We have a lot of record holders, a lot of records that have yet to be broken, but we did have two records smash last season we're going to see how many we can take care of this year with that i do want to take a brief look at a couple of the records not the rushing records or season just the season long records uh, uh, where things fell where they were so despite the win-loss records we had the consolation bowl we had the championship bowl the top six that went to the championship bowl were in order from six to first in sixth place we had the carolina dream team the darnold foreman show and that was jerry with a 9-6 record 1788 points for 1668 points against so usually a winning record score more points than your opponents score on you right uh then we had kevin who finished in fifth place had an 8-7 record the only person in the top half with an 8-7 record and again scored more points than he allowed 1884 versus 1786 uh, annex lad in fourth place another 9-6 record uh, share shared that record with the champion which if you don't know by now we'll get there uh, but 1,834 points versus 1,753 points. So almost a full 100 points ahead. Not as much ahead as Kevin's. But then again, it's weird to see. Yeah, Kevin almost scored a, over 100 points more than was scored against him. 
but still ended off eight and seven. Sometimes that's how the cards fall, and I know all about that. We'll get to that at the end. Uh, Stimulator, who ended off with bronze, third place, a 10-5 record, just like second place is BDM for life. Uh, he scored 1,775, which is lower than four of the people who didn't make the top six. So how do you be outscored by three quarters of the league and still make it to the championship bracket? Well, it's easy. When your season schedule or your strength of schedule is the absolute lowest, second lowest by like, what, 10 points? 1,676 points. That is such an easy schedule. You get that, you have to take it somewhere, and he took it all the way to third place. And can't hate. Can't hate at all. Uh, BDM, however, took a different approach. She, her points against was 1,776, which is just about in line with most, right there in the center of the league. But she scored 2,017 points for. The only person to break 1,900. The second place in terms of points for, I think it was 1,884. With Dreamweaver and 1883 with Quijibo. Didn't make 1900, she broke 2000. And we've had a, a few 2000 breaks uh, over the years. But even with a 10 5 record, even with the most points scored and two multiple records smashed, Quijibo ended up taking the gold trophy home a 9-6 record limping into the playoffs 1883 points for 1839 points against so barely barely more but that's a tough schedule uh 1839 is the fourth toughest schedule and still still managed to just ride that sucker on to victory uh stimulator getting third place in years past, he did get the silver in 2019. He got bronze in 2017. And he did win. In, he sandwiched those second and third places with a gold trophy in 2018. So congratulations, Simulator, getting back into place. Uh, BDM, for the first time in the top three. And she'll take the silver and all those broken records and... I would hold my head up high, absolutely. But Quijibo, last year, second place wasn't enough. The year before that, third place wasn't enough. So he said, I'm just going to keep climbing the ladder. This year, he's going to get zeroth place. That That's right, zeroth place. He's going to create a new ultimate high, and he is the betting favorite. And I'm just based off of the trends the past four years. That's all, that's all I'm saying. I'm saying. We're going to have to look at individual weeks as we go along. I mean, like I said, he was a 9-6 record at the end of the year. Uh, two people had records above him, and he tied with two records. Now, just to really quickly go over the bottom half there. Like I said, fight on Dreamweaver, Kevin. 8-7 record made it into the top half. There was an 8-7 record that did not make it, and that was T-Bone. And I go over that scenario and the tiebreakers that had to take place uh, in order for that to happen. But literally, he scored 1,884. Tyler Sawyer scored 1,873. Seven points away from trading spaces and places. New faces. One heading into a crevice. Anyway. Uh, Waco Tornadoes, another, I believe he's also not joining us this year. We'll see if he joins us again after this year's coming turnover. But had a 4-11 record and made it to 8th place. The uh, worst record in the league, 4-11, and made it to 8th place. The next worst, uh, he also had a tie with D-Town Titans at 4-11 record. Uh, except the difference is Waco only scored 16-70, D-Town Titans scored 18-22. 1822 being 
more than two of the people that made it to the playoffs. Uh, I had a 5-10 record. I scored 1,872 points. T-Bone beat me by one. Kevin beat me by, uh, what, eight. Of course, BDM. BDM did amazing, and Huijibo scored more than I. But I had 2,009 points of, and not offense, not defense, of antagonist. I had 2,009 points submitted by all of you guys. So much love. The most love from the opponents. And it absolutely crushed me, and I couldn't weather that storm. But that was a lot of fun. Uh, D-Town and I were the only ones who had to face over 2,000 points worth of damage. Uh, and I see dead people had 1941, so that was pretty close. Everybody else was under the 1,900 benchmark. Um, I do want to say that the move correlation is once again strong. Everyone who made at least 30 moves is in the top half. Kevin did 59, Carolina did 53, Stimulator did 32, and Quijibo, our league leader, did 44 moves. 44 moves. 59 moves. 53 moves. Staying active is just, like I said, correlated to being amazing. You know what else is correlated to being amazing? Not having to play against 2009 points. This is like the sixth year that I've had the strongest strength of schedule. It's making me mess up all my S words. Uh, translation in the closed caption comments right below. Uh, you, you can't see them. They, they go to another school. But in the playoffs, we had NX Lad go up against Carolina and dominate 154 to 126 this is the quarterfinal here where Quijibo fought Kevin again the the perennial rushing champion smashed the rushing week record and season record I mean it was fantastic with but falling short with 135 points compared to his 202 in the quarterfinal Whew. that means that Carolina and Kevin had to fight for a fifth place and that's where Kevin got it back with 139 points, one point over Carolina for fifth place. Um, the buys in the quarterfinal, BDM and Stimulator, uh, BDM <laughs> had 181 points, a fantastic, spectacular outing. Totally unnecessary, Annex scored 33 points. Not 133, which would have been respectable. 33 The other semifinal match was Quijibo and Stimulator, where Quijibo, only 105 points, but that's all that was necessary to topple Stimulator's 65, launching the finals match between BDM and Quijibo, and the third place match between Annex and Stimulator, where Stimulator came back with 124 points, and Annex almost tripled the point output from the semifinals with 88 points. But yeah, 124 by Stimulator got him third place, which left BDM and Quijibo to fight it out in the finals and separated by less than four full points, Quijibo became our league leader. Fantastic. Great work, everybody. Uh, the last thing we're going to do now, because I don't know how long I've been rambling, plus I got to do a little bit of editing. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, but literally, after the I, I did this in segments, and between the second and third segment, uh, my bathroom flooded. And we spent an hour cleaning up that mess and saying goodbye to a bunch of towels that we're going to have to replace and uh, trying to think of a script for when I call my uh, agency tomorrow and say, hey, thought you guys sent a guy. If you sent a guy, he didn't do anything. And ruined. Oh, so much stuff ruined. But I was like, you know what? I need to end this on a high note. So I'm going to finish this podcast. This is the pre-draft um, audio newsletter primer. Um,
let's take a look at who got what spot. I got the fifth spot in our draft. Okay. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Nick Chubb were the top five. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, either, honestly, can't go wrong with either of them. They're both top-tier, elite-tier wide receivers, and in fact, in my Madden series, Jamar Chase uh, is on my team. I did want Justin Jefferson, but Jamar Chase fell to me, and I took it. Um, but it's interesting to see Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. This was Annex Live took Justin Jefferson, BDM took Jamar Chase, Quijibo took Patrick Mahomes, Stimulator went with Josh Allen, and I took Nick Chubb in the fifth overall spot. Nick Chubb on my pre-draft rankings was number two, so I got my second place player. I, got, I did have Justin Jefferson first, uh, but I got my my second rated player in the fifth spot, so that's, I guess, a value or a steal if you want to look at it that way, just because of the value of the top positions in the first round. After me, Travis Kelsey in the sixth spot went to Kevin, Jalen Hurts to Puckhead, the young Carolina show in honor of Bryce Young took Christian McCaffrey in the eighth spot, Austin Eckler to the D-Town Titans. Our rookie, Ralph's remarkable team, took Tyreek Hill in the tenth spot, and Stephon Diggs went to Mary's boss team in 11, Bijan Robinson to Tyler Sawyer. So looking at that first round, quarterbacks galore. I First of all, I don't have Patrick Mahomes as my top overall quarterback. But I also believe in the combination theory, where it's not that... Obviously, getting the best quarterback is going to get you the most points at that position, but are you sacrificing the difference at that level? You know, if you take Patrick Mahomes third overall, and then two rounds later you take Isaiah Pacheco, which is what happened to Quijibo, he took Isaiah Pacheco in the third round. However, let's say he took a top flight running back in the first round and that left uh, what would be let's see, at that point no other yeah, at that point no other quarterbacks have been taken except for the ones that I've already listed here in the first round. So, would you rather have had Nick Chubb and Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes and Isaiah Pacheco. So you have a difference maker at one position, or you have a difference maker at both positions. And that's the ideology that I follow. It makes the most mathematical sense to me. I also wholeheartedly believe draft who you love. Draft who you love. So next round, uh, T-Bone at the top of the round. He paired B. John Robinson with A.J. Brown. Great pairing right there. Uh, Mary took Stephon Diggs in the first, Saquon Barkley in the second. Another uh, great pass-catching running back. Quarterback got paid. Uh, running backs kind of tried to band together and realize we better work and make our money. So great pairing there as well to high-powered offense. Well, Stephon Diggs is in a high-powered offense, and Saquon Barkley is with the Giants. We'll see what the resurgence is, but basically they're both Bills because Brian Dayball is over in New York. Uh, Ralph's remarkable team, Tyreek Hill and Tony Pollard. Ex for being the third-to-last pick, you know, being 10th pick overall, th those are fantastic pullaways for the first two rounds. Right, really got to give him credit, showing up, coming up strong. C.D. Lamb went to the D-Town Titans to go with Austin Eckler. If you believe it, Austin Eckler's proven, done nothing but proven it for the past three years. So, ever since Melvin Gordon left the Chargers. So now it's just a matter of him continuing to be awesome. His quarterback is super healthy, but it looks like the change in offensive philosophy might be a little bit more thrown to the wide receivers. Doing that, Mike Williams and Keenan, Keenan Allen are that much older. Keenan Allen's kind of becoming the technician and might be more relegated to the Jarvis Landry role. So that'll be very interesting to see what Austin Eckler's usage is going to be because he can run it. He's a great running back, but he's a better pass-catching running back than anything else. And if that role is diminished, how is he going to get all of his points? 
we shall see. Speaking of C, C.D. Lamb, D-Town Titans, is who he paired Austin Eckler with. And we got Garrett Wilson being paired with Christian McCaffrey. So, again, running back, wide receiver combinations here. Very good. Christian McCaffrey considered, if he's on the field, he's the best person. <clears throat> you see him playing against you, and if he's not out, he is always in the top. He's, he's just fantastic and great. Uh, but Garrett Wilson, as great as we saw the talent, how's that going to work with new quarterback coming in with his buddies and being Aaron Rodgers, which for some people, they hear that and they think to themselves, oh, Hall of Famer. I hear that and I go, Green Bay Packer. I don't like those guys. Uh, San Francisco, the defense goes to Puckhead to pair with Jalen Hurts. I get it. Defense goes early in leagues where they matter, and I want them to matter. But we'll see how the rest of his team plays out to see if that was too high and too risky of a position. My first defense I have at spot... Oh, it was San Francisco in spot 121, not 16. <clears throat> Derrick Henry goes to Kevin again. Every year, Kevin gets Derrick Henry, which is when you want to be the top rushing consideration, you get Derrick Henry. How do you prove it? He, Kevin just continues to prove it. However, I did get Josh Jacobs right after, and I do have as much as I, I love Derrick Henry more, but I have Josh Jacobs getting more return on investment. Uh, in fact, Josh Jacobs was scrolling all the way back to the top for myself, my fifth overall player. So I got Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs, my second and fifth overall players in the fifth spot and second round, eighth spot. So I'm happy, very, very happy. Josh Jacobs is actually my running back in the San Juan Sentinel series and he looks great in those color uniforms. Brees Hall. Stimulator took Brees Hall with the ninth pick of the second round. I did have Brees Hall a lot higher before this week. However, with Dalvin Cook signing uh, with the Jets, I decided to bring them both down from where I thought they would go. I thought there's better situations for both, not in each other's existence. Uh, Dallas was taken by Quijibo, Amon Ross St. Brown taken by BDM, and Devontae Adams taken by Annex Lad. So, I mean, we're seeing defenses come up really early, and I get it. Like I said, if you pick the right one, you get 30 points a game. That's like a quarterback. But you pick the right quarterback, you can get 80 points a game. The third round, back to the top of the order, Annex Live getting Devonta Smith, Jalen Water going for BDM, and Isaiah Pacheco, as mentioned, going to Quijibo, Travis Etienne to Stimulator, Cooper Cup to yours truly, which I did not have. The thing is, I knew he was going to play hurt. I, he might not play week one. I don't anticipate him to at this point. But I had him as my 13th overall pick. So that would have been the first pick of the second round, where he's still normally going at the end of the first. If he's playing, he is great. Right now, he's just not playing. I was not willing to take him in the first round as he was his ADP was. But in the third round, after getting two running backs that I really enjoy with a deep wide receiver class, I will take that. Uh, Najee Harris going to Kevin. So we got uh, Najee Harris with Derrick Henry and Travis Kelsey. Remember, the only tight end taken off the board so far. Uh, Ray, 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 Ray McLeod going to Puckhead. Chris Olave to the Young Carolina Show. Joe Mixon to D-Town Titans. T. Higgins to Ralph's really respectable, remarkable, awesome team. Calvin Ridley going to Mary's Mary Boss's team at the 11th pick and Aaron Jones to T-Bone. I mean, the first three rounds had few surprises, but a lot of respectable picks. So the way that they kind of gelled, I'll go by team now for a little while. Annex Lad with the first overall pick, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Devonta Smith. Wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. And then Lamar Jackson in the fourth. I mean, a steal of a quarterback. Normally going in the fifth, but the thing is, to have three strong wide receivers, 
boom, get Lamar Jackson. That position is set. Now, Kenneth Walker and James Cook going in next. James Cook might not have as much value as a lot of other running backs, but you're really making your money at the wide receiver market. And Kenneth Walker is not a bad RB1. Uh, Dallas Goddard in the seventh round, 73rd pick overall. Uh, feels That's one of those tight ends that you can plug, play, and forget. Then the Pittsburgh defense, Young Hoku, and then Khalil Herbert in the 10th, which actually could... He could be the the running back one, if we're being honest. Getting Mike Evans in the 11th round is absolutely a gem. Great job, Annex Slide, with your draft. I give that a very, very high grade. And you did get Anthony Richardson in the 13th. Uh, and then another Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay defense with your last pick. Great pick. BDM for life, the current rushing season champion and receiving season champion, starting with three wide receivers of her own, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, and Amon Ross St. Brown, all three in consideration for top wide receiver for fantasy football in the year. Miles Sanders, if if he does what he can do, excellent RB1. If it's a committee, if if they're trying to give if they're trying to give Bryce Young a lot of work because they think he's ready that could eat away at not only Miles Sanders chances but also um, you know if they if they if they're trying to say pass it short pass it short try a deep bomb those are things that can take away from Miles Sanders job his his ability to perform work Alexander Madison behind him though you could actually swap them out and say Alexander could be the RB1 if everything goes as anticipated. Uh, Miles Sanders might also be in a committee. And Bryce Young has some, some wheels on him. You know, that's the trend to uh, take mobile quarterbacks and use their motors while they still have them. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, though, that pickup, he's definitely in a division where nobody's outpacing the other by too much. And... That means when things are close, firefights happen. So that's going to be very interesting to see. But great pick in the sixth round. Again, a lot by now, a lot of the other top half starting quarterbacks are gone in in regular leagues, and not just this one where uh, the first round saw the top three go. Pat Pat Fryermuth. He's just a guy you like to root for. He's a guy I like to root for. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., Javante Williams, and Jamal Williams. So you better make sure you trade the right Jay Williams if you're trading with BDM for life. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Gerald Everett, and the Washington defense. The the top three are such solid starters that you just got to pick the right people on any given week and always be in contention. But we're going to see those receiving yards challenge her own trophy. Quijibo, last year's champion with the third overall pick, Patrick Mahomes, Dallas, and Isaiah Pacheco to start. I'm sorry, that's... You're starting off with at least a B, and that's from a possible A-plus all the way down to a B-flat. I mean, you have Patrick Mahomes, so you have Patrick Mahomes. But then the Dallas defense, J.K. Dobbins and Devin Duvernay, so running back wide receiver combo from the same team you know that that kind of puts you in a bind I I don't think NFL is scripted but if they were they would definitely give the reigning champion and say oh you you want to overcome here overcome this Uh, Julius Chestnut drafted who if something happens to Derrick Henry we're going to see a lot of Julius Chestnut he's already going to be doing return duties which you do get points for returns in this league remember that Um, Montreal Washington for Kansas City Tyler Bass uh, kicker in the eighth Dalton Kincaid another Buffalo uh, tight end Aaron Rodgers (laughs) Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers I mean similar situations played out in Madden 22 on the cover uh, the Kansas City defense to pair with the Kansas City quarterback, uh, Britton Covey and Devon A. Chain and McCall Hardman. So there's a few stacks that you can pull there, especially with Dawson Knox, the other tight end. I say the other because I do believe Dalton Kincaid is going to take over those duties at some point. But 
if Guijibo can pull a rabbit, maybe if he gets the easy, the softest strength of schedule, he might be able to do something with it. But what am I going to do? Doubt the reigning champion? Yeah. Not today. Stimulator. Josh Allen to start with the fourth pick. Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, so running back, running back. Cam Akers, another running back. And then DJ Moore. The, I mean, if you think about it, if you trade the first overall pick and get DJ Moore, then you're treating DJ Moore like Bryce, like Bryce Young. So he, he should have that much of an impact on the team. We'll see how that works out. Rashid Shahid from New Orleans, the Buffalo defense in the seventh round. If you're going to go a little early, get somebody that should be great, Buffalo fits that bill. Evan McPherson, Sam Laporta, A.J. Dillon, Rashad Penny, uh, Kevontae Turpin, Matthew Stafford, which once, uh, once everybody's healthy on the Rams, specifically Cooper Cup, um, Matthew Stafford should be valuable. And then the Green Bay defense and Riley Patterson. So having, like I said, Josh Allen with backup Matthew Stafford, good combo there. Um, you know, playing the defenses, playing the matchups, things like that. Reese Hall, Travis Etienne, to me, are B-plus running backs. That not necessarily touchdown-dependent, not necessarily matchup-dependent. They're slightly more stable than that. Uh, Cam Akers, same thing. So it's really going to be picking the right ones. But then DJ Moore is your wide receiver one. And then a hodgepodge after that. You know, Rashid Shahid, Kevontae Turrip, uh Basically, all you have is DJ Moore, and then you're going to be playing the wire at wide receiver until you get somebody that breaks out. Good luck. Uh, A.J. Dillon, a backup running back that might get more work. We'll see how that works out. And then Sam Laporta for Detroit as your tight end. Well, you've been in the top three a bunch of times. I dare you to do it again, Stimulator. Uh, My team, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, Amari Cooper, Justin Herbert in the sixth. Justin Herbert, my 68th pick, was... See, here's the thing. For me, and this will answer one of the questions I was posted, how do you get a good starting quarterback so late? Well, my 31st, or my 30th overall selection. So we're talking third round. I go in order, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and then Justin Fields. The reason that works out is because all of them should have been taken by now. If any fell to this point in the draft, this is a value at their ADP. I should get one, and if it's all the way down to Justin Fields, I would have been happy. But hey, Justin Herbert, my 35th overall selection coming to me at 68 I'm happy with that um, like I said I anticipated Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes Jalen Hurts, I anticipated all of them to be gone by now but I also wanted to make sure that if they made it to me that they weren't making it by me I also get Tyson, uh, Taysom Hill who all he had was the tight end designation all preseason but they're talking about using him like a quarterback again I I'm playing the game y'all I got the Baltimore defense in the eighth round. Uh, Dalvin, I got Dalvin Cook where his ADP was, it, it didn't catch up to his situation. Well, I caught up to his situation. I put him down there and I was like, hey, if he comes to me, he does. And he did. So, yeah. Christian Kirk, I, I do believe in Trevor Lawrence this year. Uh, he showed me last year that he's a reliable, stable weapon. Cortland Sutton, he's the only one there. Chigo Conquo. Sometimes you just got to draft the guys you like. You know, my brother's actually going to be down there in New Orleans for the opening game, uh, the Tennessee Titan opener. So I'm just going to be rooting for him. And hey, if he scores a touchdown, he scores me a touchdown. I did get Jimmy Garoppolo with my last pick, which I'm able to stack with Josh Jacobs if it turns out that he is uh, looking his way more as a pass catcher which he has been shown that he's able to do. So I like my team a lot. I I feel like every week, conservatively, I'm going to be a tough guy to beat. Uh, looking at Kevin, Dreamweaver, 
Travis Kelsey, Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, Joe Burrow. If you're going to do your onesie positions, tight end and quarterback early, they need to be great. Joe Burrow, Travis Kelsey, <laughs> lock that down. And then, oh, his fifth round pick is George Kittle. Now, he did get New England in the six. I thought that was, I think that's a little early for defenses still. But if, like I said, if you're going to do one that you believe in, then by all means. Uh, Christian Watson, who many fantasy football analysts are looking at, like, hey, if just, if Jordan Love's going to be great, it's going to be directly correlated to what Christian Watson can do. Uh, he did get Jerry Judy in the eighth, which I believe is injured. Uh, then Jake Elliott, Tua, Tagovailoa, not a bad backup quarterback to Joe Burrow. I'll tell you that much. You don't, you don't lose that much going from one to the other if you have to. Uh, Alvin Kamara, who once his suspension is done, right? Who am I thinking of? I don't know. David Njoku, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, and Jacksonville defense at the very end. If they're Saxonville again, that's going to be the steal of the draft with a 15th pick. Um, but two New Orleans players, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, so you better play the right ones. And then Odell Beckham, we don't know if he's still a star or not. But I can tell you this much. With Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, who... Najee Harris, when he was great as a rookie, it was because of the amount of passes that he caught. Not because of the yards that he ran on the ground. In fact, I believe his yards per carry average have been abysmal the past two seasons. Now that's going to make it very tough for Kevin to get back to the uh, rushing championship discussion. But he keeps finding a way, so I'm not going to doubt him on that. Whew. Is that half the league yet? No? All right. Uh, pardon me if I pick this up a little bit. It is 11.19 p.m. Puckhead started off with Jalen Hurts and then the San Francisco defense uh, and then Ray Ray McLeod from San Francisco. So what I like about that stack, the, the defense kick returner stack, is great defense and a top-notch returner means more opportunities and more yards on return. So paying attention to those bonuses and those points per uh, yard, it, you do that, you play that game, and you get one guy, it's like, who's that guy? Well, you get him in the right situation and you get the points. Um, and besides, Puck has been here long enough. He knows that um, the right kick returners will net you what you need safely. It's a floor that can explode. Uh, James Conner might not have a lot of rushes, catches, or yards, but that's not what made him valuable in the past. The touchdowns were. And if, if you have any trust in Arizona, it's going to be James Conner, right? Uh, Jonathan Taylor, though, in the fifth, man, that's a tough situation. That's a really tough situation because, I mean... It went from a holdout to a PUP to him and Jim Ursay just trying to one-up and one-out each other. Jim Ursay's got the money, and Jonathan Taylor's a running back in the league that's diminishing the value of that position. Uh, Greg Dortch, another Arizona player. So we have a stack wide receiver running back. Even if he is the number one wide receiver, they're getting uh, someone who doesn't know the playbook or the system. Or they're getting Clayton Toon, a rookie. Either way. Either way. If they, Well, there's value if they become a checkdown system. Or a safety net system. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, we don't know who the primary running back is in San Francisco after Christian McCaffrey. Or if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, then most likely so will Elijah Mitchell. So we'll see how that works out. Hayden Hurst, Jared Goff, Seattle, Chris Boswell, Elijah Moore, Raheem Mostert, and Rashad Bateman. Uh, getting the wide receiver one for Baltimore in a Todd Monken system that might be more pass heavy than ever before with your last pick in the draft can't hate can't hate on that the rest of it grade to be determined the Young Carolina show starting off with Christian McCaffrey and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave both of them high expectations both of them new quarterbacks who have 
carried wide receiver ones in the past. We'll see. Damian Pierce, the Houston running back in the fourth round. I actually renamed him to Iron Draw McGillicuddy in my Madden series. Um, and then Tyler Lockett and Kyle Pitts. I mean, that's a, the first six rounds were all hits. All hits. The Young Carolina show, I can tell you just by those picks, is going to be a difficult team to beat every week. You're going to need one of those uh, top performers to even have a chance. I mean, that's that's so solid. And then Dak Prescott as the quarterback in the seventh round. You know, getting your quarterback in the seventh round affords you the opportunity to get Damian Pierce, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Chris McCaffrey. So good luck. Uh, the New Orleans defense, Mike Williams for the Chargers, Rashad White for Tampa Bay, Jackson Smith and Jigba, which is one of the players that I was able to pick up late in my money league, Tyler Higby, Derek Carr, and then... Who would have thunk that the Carolina defense was going to go to Young Carolina? Oh, wait. Let me put my hand down. Give everybody else a chance. D-Town Titans. Austin Eckler, C.D. Lamb, and Joe Mixon. Solid one, two, three right there. Mark Andrews in the fourth. Solid. Oh, that's going to be so tough. Congratulations, D-Town. That's such a good draft. Keenan Allen and Terry McLaurin. We'll see how those situations play out. Is Keenan on the downward slope? Is Terry now surrounded by talent that's going to sap his output? Uh, Daniel Jones, Justin Tucker. Oh, man. The more I read, it, it's not just that you have Justin Tucker. You got him in the eighth. Your other positions are chef's kiss. But then you got Justin Tucker. Then in the sense he had a defense, which might actually be fantastic but they did lose their two top players with uh von bell and jesse bates if they feel like they had the replacements ready to go then they should be producing points uh, Jahan dodson smart this is the one team the one team that having both wide receivers makes sense terry mclaurin and Jahan dodson Especially at that value. Because no one knows who the wide receiver one is. Terry McLaurin is the incumbent. Jahan Dotson has shown it. Not proven it, but shown it. It really all falls on Sam Howell. If he's doing, doing great, if he has chemistry with one, boom, you start him. If it's a system and the incumbent is running the system, boom, you start him. The only team I think that's a smart play for, to be honest. Uh, and then you have Marquise Brown with Arizona. If he's the one, if he gets a one forty-yard catch touchdown a, day, uh, a game, then you're good. <clears throat> You'll take that as your flex or your wide receiver too. It might not be regular, but it, you have enough play with other players to figure something out. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, Cole Komet, Sam Howell, the quarter. Oh wow, what a pick! Talk about the stack. Getting Sam Howell um, and both of his wide receivers. Just, and the running back. That Oh, no, that, that's a different team. Sorry. Oh, man. If, if the football team commander skins do well, D-Town is going to show us all up. Last three teams and... I'll call it a night until Saturday's prediction episode. Ralph's remarkable team, our incoming rookie, Tyreek Hill, Tali Par Tony Pollard, and T. Higgins. High T on the first three picks. I like that. Jameer Gibbs, Drake London, Justin Fields, who I was going to get. And it, I guess one of us were going to get him in the fifth or sixth round. Uh, Evan Ingram, the Denver defense. Jason Sanders, Chris Godwin, George Pickens. Brian Robinson, Brock Purdy, Jawan Johnson, and the Cleveland defense. I mean, the running back one and two, Tony Pollard and Jamar Gibbs, excellent. Tyreek Hill and T. Higgins, excellent. Drake London, excellent. Fields, excellent. Evan Ingram, excellent. I mean, A minus, B plus picks on all of them, and that makes it a consistently scary team to face. I would even call them remarkable. Last two teams, Mary, Mary's boss team. Welcome back, Mary. Stephon Diggs, Saquon Barkley, Calvin Ridley. 
Oh, there we go. I was wondering when she was going to pick a New England player. Ramondre Stevenson in the fourth. <laughs> One thing I remember liking about Mary's team in the past has been like Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, whoever the running backs were at the time, you know, uh, White, Bolden, just the entire New England team. And I loved it. You know, somebody was like, if I'm going to root for one team, it's going to be my team, and they're going to make me happy. Love it. But, I mean, you can't sleep on Stephon Diggs and Calvin Ridley are an amazing combination. If Calvin Ridley is who we think he was, we're all in trouble. All of us in trouble. The thing about Ramondre Stevenson is, with Ezekiel Elliott on the team now, what the opportunity is going to look like, especially at the goal line. Uh, Deontay Johnson and Darren Waller, fantastic picks. Geno Smith, if he's still who he is, the most accurate quarterback in the league last year, we're all in trouble. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins and DeAndre Swift. Two different spellings, no relation. Uh, That's going to be a very tough combination of names to say throughout the season, I'll tell you that much. Uh, Minnesota, Jordan Addison, probably a second second half of the year player. Uh, But... If Mary's on her way to the playoffs, Jordan Addison might be the one that we all look at in fear. So this team is set up for success. Great draft, Mary Boss. And then Tyler Sawyer with the 12th pick. Started off with B. John Robinson and A.J. Brown. I mean, you can't argue with that as a running back and wide receiver one. Then Aaron Jones, another wide receiver, uh, running back one. And D.K. Metcalf, would, many would think consider a low-end wide receiver one. And I'm not talking about wide receiver one as in starting. I'm talking about tiers. Okay. Brandon Ayuk, TJ Hawkinson, Deshaun Watson, excellent picks. All top end. Hard. It's going to be hard to switch them around, to be honest, depending on the matchup. Uh, you got Philadelphia, Nick Folk, David Montgomery, Gabe Davis, who a lot of people are expecting to take another step up. Uh, Antonio Gibson, Jake Ferguson, Russell Wilson, who can't get any worse. And Greg Joseph. And if anybody knows about trusting Minnesota kickers, it's the what was it, the Minneapolis miracle? Where they made it down the field on a trick play with a bunch of laterals. And all they had to do to tie the game was to kick it. And I'll look at the clip. I'll bring it up on Saturday. But that was heartbreaking. Heartbreaking for the Vikings at that time. So those were my opinions on everybody's draft. I'm just glad that it happened. I hate that it happened so late. But I think we had enough time to do what we could before in half an hour. Tonight's game. Um, I hope you all like your team or have the ability to make the moves necessary to make them a team that you like. I know Stimulator and Quijibo have already put in some work on the waiver wire. Um, I mean, Britton Covey was dropped. I didn't even know that name. Montreal, Washington sounds so much like Montel Jordan and it's like this is how you do it uh, Greg Dolchich 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 it's very late was dropped for or was picked up for Chris Boswell uh, Deontay Harry Jordan Love was picked up off the waiver wire good luck to whoever picked him up I don't like Green Bay uh, Traylon Burks uh, picked up by Yo's truly because I didn't need two kickers and I wanted to represent you know tighten up uh, Rashad Penny was dropped. Rashad Shahid was dropped from Marvin Mims Jr., which, considering the injuries, somebody's got to earn some kind of points, right? Um, Deion Jackson was picked up by Stimulator, and considering the situation, might end up being the lead of a committee. Van Jefferson was picked up. Sky Moore was picked up. Dawson Knox was dropped in favor of Raheem Blackshear. So Dawson Knox might be something that somebody might want to pick up. We'll see. Julius Chestnut was dropped for Ezekiel Elliott. I understand the move, but as a Tennessee Titans fan, I'm hurt. Tyler Algier was picked up, and with a lot of love for Bijan, doesn't mean that he's going to get all the work. And Tyler Algier did show last year that he is fully capable of leading a fantasy football team to stardom. And then Braxton Berrios was picked up in lieu of Devon A-Chain. Braxton Berrios being not only a, I mean, one of the top four wide receivers for Miami, but their kick returner as well. So good job, everybody. I'll try to get this out before the game starts. 
I will get my predictions in over the weekend. It's football time. I'm so excited. I'm glad everybody's here with me. And I really hope that the smell is gone from, from my hallway. Wish me luck. And see you guys later. Deuces.